started. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Brother Wall, would you like to also word of prayer? All right. Thank you. All right, uh, if everybody could turn to Luke 2, and uh, this is the optional one uh, for uh, the Sunday school, and uh, perfect time for it. We're going to talk about uh, making room for Jesus, and uh, look at some verses in Luke, and uh, see where we go from there. So Luke 2. And we will start in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And a taxing was first made when Sirius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, on, go even unto Bethlehem, and I see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And here we have it perfect time of the year and it's something that we need to think about and look at the birth of Christ it's the basis of our whole faith the foundation of it without, without Jesus we have no Christianity and the worst part about it is people are falling away I mean we get a good dose of doctrine here. And I know some people don't like doctrine and all that. And this um, doctrine is very important. 
And I'm not talking about the little things and, you know, hair, clothes, this stuff. I'm not talking about things like that. I'm talking about straight-up doctrine. And this is one of the things we have to realize. Because right now, people are open. People are willing to hear the gospel at this time of the year. And we have to know why. Why was he born? What was he born for? What was he doing? And some people get away with that. Some people like to argue the fact of uh, the birth. And, uh, but it, it doesn't say when the birth was. Uh, but people will get into arguments about that, and you can't even have a conversation with them. Because they'll start arguing about, well, no, I'm right in this and that. And uh, unfortunately, I just had that experience. And it's the weirdest thing, because they'll say that it all became because of Christ was, it said Christ was, uh, when he died, that's, that's when he was born. Uh, this gentleman said, well, we know when Christ was born because it says that all the prophets have to die the same time they were born. And, and I said, where, where is this? Where did you get this? You know, and it's like, where's, what's your source? I'd like to look into this. Never gave me the source, so I did my own searching. And the weird thing about it is, do you know where this source comes from? And this comes from a Bible-believing Christian that believes that King James is the Word of God. And this doctrine comes from the Talmud. It doesn't come from the Bible. So it's the weirdest thing. And people like to argue about this and all that, and it, it doesn't really matter. I have my opinion. I'm sure everybody's got theirs. What matters was is that he was born. That's what matters. Because without him being born, I wouldn't be up here. This church wouldn't be standing. You guys wouldn't be in here. We wouldn't know what it's like to have our sins forgiven forever. Even though we may struggle, we know. And that's another thing, because he was born, why? He was born to forgive us our sins. To make that payment for us. And that's another thing we should learn at this point in our walk with Christ, if you're in here anywhere. Everybody should know what repentance is. Because there's people out there preaching repentance is turning from sin, never sinning again. And that is not what repentance is. You can never say, I'm not going to sin again. And there's people that I've run across that have said that, which I've had a problem with. Oh, no, no, I can't, I, no, I'm not, I, I can't, you know, I can't not sin again. I can't come to repentance. And I said, well, what that, that's not what it means. It means having a heart-to-heart -heart with God and going, hey, I, you're right, I'm wrong. I need to start doing things your way. But as we get into it, and this is, this is the first thing that we're going to look at. It's a lack of knowledge. That's why we don't have any room for Jesus. That's why we don't go out and witness. That's why lost people are still lost. Why good Christians fall away? Because it's a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's what it comes down to. We need to know what we believe. Why? Because it's important. It's important to know that Christ was born of a virgin. That, that's part of our faith. That's part of doctrine. That's part of teaching. That goes a long way to your salvation. Why? Because it's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all the sins. 
It's not the blood of humans. It's not the blood of bulls and goats. It's Jesus Christ alone. His blood that saves us. But the question is, is even with this knowledge, would we, would you, if somebody was there, would, would they still have crucified Christ? Knowing who he was. And the question is, is, is it, will you, wouldn't you? But if you turn to 1 Corinthians, First Corinthians two and verse eight, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Paul makes a statement like if they knew you know, so what was the problem there? It was the lack of knowledge. They knew he was somebody. Right? Even Nicodemus that came to him said, Hey, you know, no man can do this unless they're sent by God. No, no. I mean, clearly he says no man. So what is it? What's with the lack of knowledge? Why, why don't we put that effort in there? It's funny. We'll know, we can know all these weird and dumb things uh, that just take up space in our mind and, you know, answer trivia questions and this and that. But when it comes to trying to learn out who our Savior really is, we don't take enough time. And really, that causes lost people the most hurt. Because they need to know. They need to know a Savior's come. They need to know who He is and why. Why? Because He loved us all. And people struggle with that. You know? Look, I mean, even, even as we go in our faith and we walk and we, we try to get closer to Christ, we still have a problem with some of these things. We still wonder why sometimes how God can forget, right? Because, I mean, you take a serious situation as in uh, child abuse or, or murdering them or anything like that, and there's people there. And sometimes we might not like it, but Christ offered that forgiveness to them too. If you look in the Bible, God says our imagination was always wicked. It's going to be wicked. So it doesn't mean that we can't step forth and do something terrible ourselves. But it's good to know who he is. There's too many things, though, that just get in our way. We, we, right, we seek after knowledge, and, that, and that's our problem. We just seek after the wrong knowledge all the time. We don't want to seek after who he truly is and why he isn't there. And why? Because we have too many things in our life that we don't want to get rid of. We just do. I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. And that comes from a heart problem. Nothing more and nothing less. It's a heart problem. 
we have plenty of room for things that don't really matter. But what truly matters is him. That, I mean, that's what truly matters, is our walk with Christ. Our walk with Christ is what's going to make us better husbands, better wives, better parents, better witnesses, better testimonies. But we try to take those other things and put them up. Um, the biggest thing over there that we're, we're doing with hope and, and doing stuff is trying to look at stuff that we like that, that we set forth ahead of things. Because not all things are bad. It's not bad to love your wife. It's not bad to love your husband. But what happens when that takes center stage over Christ? And that's what we'll find. We'll find more things really aren't that bad that the Lord has put in our lives. He wants us there, but we put them above him instead of putting them in the right place and putting him first so that we can grow and we can do things the right way. But sin is sin, is sin and you've got to call it what it is. And it really is. It's the idolatry. It's what comes before. You know, mine used to mine used to really be football. And I just I kinda when I got saved I kinda cut everything I just knew. I gave up season tickets, I did and all that, and I just I don't even watch games. I kinda just wait until the game's over and look at the score. I mean, because I, I I truly know how I am. I know that it'll take center stage. And if, it, if that does, then where's my relationship with Christ? Where does that fall in there? How do I put him there when I have something else in the way? And that's what it is. We have to get rid of things to make room. I mean, you know what? Right? I mean, we all have, you know, most of us live in houses and things like that. You have furniture and things like that. When they wear down, we have to get new ones. Well, do you keep the old furniture? Do you keep every piece of old furniture you have? No, you have to get rid of it to make room for the new, right? And since we're new creatures, we need to get rid of the old things, put on that conversation with the new man, and put Christ in there. But we have to get rid of some things. We can't have them there. We can't have it. Because what happens is then we become unstable. We become double-minded. And we're getting tossed like those seas of the wave, back and forth, back and forth, because we don't know where our loyalties lie. The only reason why we, have, we, we could get that new furniture, the only reason why we have houses, the only reason why you have money or... or or a church standing to anything in here is because God is merciful. Because God loves us. Because God wants to get to know us. He wants us to know him. That's the only way. And yet we push him aside and we try to, well, hey, I'm going to cram this in here and see if we can't. You know, we can't see if I can't fit them in here a little bit. And, and that's how it is. We all have our schedules during the day and during the week of certain times. and So where does it fall? 
And even that, even when we have things like that, uh, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. Where I, I like to read in the morning and I like to read at night, you know. Usually Old Testament in the morning, New Testament, you know, before I go to bed. But that's the funny thing. That's how I do it. But even that schedule doesn't stay. Why? It's be oh well, I don't have time this morning, so I gotta I gotta figure out now where I gonna put it in. But we do things like that, and that's the whole reason why Mary had to lay him in a manger because there was no room for him, nowhere else, no room. And it's kind of like that's what we do. We can't expect better of the world because they they don't know no better. They're looking at us. Are we putting them in that manger instead of inviting them in? Are we putting them in the cold instead of bringing them in the warm? And they're going to look at that, and they're going to make their choices based off of that. And then you got all these people, and, you know, you got the Christians that take things too far, and, well, you know, we can... You know, we're not under a law, so we could pretty much do anything we want. And that's fine. But what does Paul say? It's going to make your brother stumble. Don't do it. You don't have to go out and tell people you're doing it. You don't have to do it in front of people. But that has an effect on lost people. Plain and simple. They see what you're doing. And they say, is that really what Jesus is about? Is that why he was born? Just so they could keep doing that or saying, I'm, I mean, that. think about that. <clears throat> These people, and you run into them all the time, and I, and I see uh, people that believe in Jesus, and, and, and that's how they witness. Oh, well, you're not, you know, you're not under the law. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about giving that up. Why'd you just tell them, don't worry about giving that up? Your answer should be, I don't know what he's going to ask of you, but you need to make room. Something's probably going to have to go. I don't know what it is. That's not me. He, he's not, he deals with me on an individual basis like he deals with you. I don't know what's a problem for you. You don't know what's a problem for me. The, the fact is, something's got to go to put him in there. And when lost people hear that, oh, I don't have to give nothing up, well... Well, let me hear a little bit more then. Let me hear a little bit more, but I don't know. And then you get all these, and that's, that, that's the whole thing. These people get crazy with this stuff and go back and forth. And God's not about all this craziness. He's about balance. He's about truth. With mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. But they get, they get so crazy, and it's, oh, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, don't, you know. I get it, but you can't tell people, you can't go and be honest and have mercy and truth by telling somebody, well, you don't have to make room for them. Because now, what are you doing? You're putting them in the manger again. You're putting them out there. You're putting them on the cross again.
You got to make time. You got to make room for him. And that's the thing. People just want this pleasure, this instant gratification. It's not, and it's not that I'm not guilty of it. And I'm, I'm sure you guys get it too. You just get into certain things, especially around now. Especially around now. And we're the ones that should have the most joy right now. We, we truly should. And we shouldn't be letting all these things affect us of how much, you know, oh, I got to get this, I got to put this. And, 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 but we do. Because, because that's what they've done. They've taken Christ out of the whole Christmas. And we end up looking, at, and, and at this time, we end up looking at the world more than we end up looking at his birth. Going unto us this day, a Savior was born. You know, yeah, maybe, yes, maybe it's not his, you know, his true birthday. But it's when we celebrate it. I mean, in a lost world, I mean, that's a big thing. With, like I said, lost and Christians make a big deal about this whole birth. It's like, come on, that's when we celebrate. Just relax. Like, no parent's ever been out there that's had a kid that's birthday was in January and didn't celebrate... Perfect example was when I was growing up. My birthday was in September. My brother's birthday was in January. There was a few years where my mother put his birthday in September with me because she knew it was going to be horrible weather and nobody would show up. Did that make that his birth any less? Is he not there? No. So how much more is it important to remember at least the day that our Savior was born? And Why? It's, it's, that, the, it's that reason that we can have this joy. So we want. Uh, if you turn over to um, uh, John, we'll go right to John. A couple of pages, John 3. But why? It's these things that we don't want to make room for. Why don't we want to make room for them? If you turn to John 3, um, verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And there's the thing, and that's, and that's what you got. You got Christians running around, oh, don't worry about giving stuff up or making room for them. You got lost people going, what's so wrong about this? Well, there's where repentance comes in. Because I don't know any better. You don't know any better. All we have is God's word. Are we going to take it for what it is or not? That's your faith. What's your faith built on? You know, and I'm not trying to get into a conversation about, you know, and get too far in, but I mean, you know, we believe the King James, and then, you know, you got people that go, oh, well, it's only the originals, and it's like, so your faith is based on nothing, but you believe the Bible is the final word. What's, I don't get that. That's just me. I don't get it. 
I mean, maybe it's just me, but but then again, you got to have something to stand on. Yeah, and then you got people talking, you know, well, how can you believe the Bible? You know, how can you believe this? Because, you know, it was written by man. Well, I hate to tell you, everything's written by man. But it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. That's the difference. And we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit if Christ wasn't born. This was the start. This was the start of our salvation. This was the start of the promise that God had given his people that somebody will come to save you from your sins. And that's the essential. You know, and then there's people that say there's not enough time. You know, there's not enough time. There's not enough time to make room for Jesus. I'm too busy. I got all this stuff. You know, we talked a little about the schedules. You know, how, how it'll change. But then again, what is our example? And that's the biggest thing. What is our example? Who is our example? It's Christ. Christ had the time for everybody. I mean, you think about it, Christ even had time for the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He had time to stop and go, hey, you're way off. What is wrong with you? You say you know the word and you, you have no clue. But he took time for everybody. And that's the biggest thing about making room for Jesus. You make room for Jesus and you start to understand these things. The Holy Spirit starts to work. And this is what you can explain to lost people. Right? This is how you start to explain it. Because they don't understand. You say, no, it's, it's great. Just trust me. You know, I know, I know you're kind of, you know. But that's the first thing, though, that people want to do, that, that people say, well, I don't like that. i got to give something up. Probably. What? I don't know. But how do you give? How do you give this time? How do you take time for Jesus? I mean, one is reading. But I'm going to go to... Um, a passage in Romans here, if you want to turn there, Romans 12. And, and this one gets me always thinking. And Every time I go to it, i got to say the same thing. I have to. Romans 12 in, in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Every time, I have to. I have to talk about reasonable, reasonable service. Do you know what reasonable means to me? Bare minimum. It's something that's not really, you know, it's not something like, oh, man, that's too much for me. It's reasonable. Our God is reasonable, right? Let's reason, saith the Lord, right? I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable, Try to live holy and acceptable. Why? Because he's holy and acceptable. He gave us his time. He gave us his time. He gave us his life. 
He paid for everything for us, and it's just reasonable. And I do. I read that, and it's, like, reasonable. And then that always brings me over to, like, oh, if you have uh, faith, you can move mountains. It's not like he's asking us to do that. It's not like Christ said, oh, you know what? No, they're going to have to prove themselves. Hey, you need to move this mountain before I can do anything for you. And I mean physically, right? I mean, that's... It's reasonable. He's not unreasonable. It's not, hey, believe on Jesus Christ and, you know, and then get get baptized. Make sure you're baptized because if you ain't baptized, you can't be saved. Make sure you take the Lord's table because if you don't take the Lord's table, then something's going to happen. Uh, you know, make sure you're working for all your your good deeds. It's right. He tried all that work stuff in the Old Testament. People didn't do it. People couldn't do it. And that that is the beauty about Jesus's birth, because that's what we should be thinking about. That's what it means for we're not under the law anymore. Because God put all this stuff. He's a reasonable God. And he put all these things in here and said, okay, look it. Adam and Eve, don't touch the tree. Don't eat of that. Don't, don't take that stuff. Don't eat it, please. Went to law. Went to all these things. That, that's what it's all about. It's, it's God going, hey, I'm reasonable. I'm trying it with, these, with, you, with all you guys. I'm trying to figure this out with you. Well, I guess I got to come. I'm going to have to come down there myself. I'm going to have to be fully God but fully human and go through this and pay this price for you. So now you can come to me and I know. Right? Pastor Kenny was just talking about that with, with Job. You know? You're not man. How do you know? Well, he was now. He was. He was born, put in a manger. I mean, that, that's one thing that, that, that really is. That, that just, I can't fathom. Because you're talking about a God that gave up all these powers to become man. I mean, right? And we don't like our schedules messed with. We don't like one day that's off. But God himself came down to live like we live. I mean, that's just amazing. There's your hope. There's, there's where our hopes build at. That's where our room should be in. But without birth of Christ, there's no, there's no salvation. What does he get out of it? Nothing. And you know what he asks of us? And he doesn't even force us to do it? Tell others about my birth. Tell others about my death. Uh, we're going to get into uh, praising God here in a second. But, but think about this. There's something that you can't do in heaven. 
And that's preach the gospel. You're not going to be able to tell anybody about Jesus coming to save anybody. Because either you're there or you're not. And if you're there, you already know it. Nobody needs to hear it there. You can't do it there. It's too late. The people that aren't there, oh, they know it. You don't need to preach it to them because they know it. Too late for them. This is the only time we get to tell people is our time here on earth about Christ. It's the only time. Because once we're there, we're with them. You know? And even though it's a sobering thought and it gets you to think and sometimes it can get you down, but I mean, because you're going, oh, what am I doing? Well, how, how much time am I really wasting? But the fact of the matter is we'll be with them. And that's the best thing. Because we made that choice. We just need to give other people that choice. We just get caught up in, you know, in our, uh, in our idols and our knowledge. That's what, that's what really stops us. Is it's, you know, we think that we have some control over something and we don't. We have choices, but we have no control. And everything is always left up to God. Whether you're preaching, test, you're giving testimony, witnessing, doesn't matter. But that, that hit me hard, though, because this is the only time we got. But we don't know how much time is left. To say, hey, let me tell you about a Savior. Let me tell you what he'll do for you if you just accept. Right? When I was doing this and, and working on this, it made me think of the play, and it made me, you know, you know, kind of like Bree and Gabe going back there in the play, where it's like, oh, did you get any presents? You know, did you, you know, what happens if you left them there and didn't open them? I mean, that's a lot of people right now. I mean, that that's the simplest and, and best way to explain it during this, this season. Everybody's going to get presents. You're just leaving them. If you don't have Christ, you just left it there, unopened. But we need to make that room. Because once we make that room, the Holy Spirit can work through us and we can do it. Um, one la if you turn to Mark, one last thing about that before I go on. Um, if you go to Mark 7... Mark 7 and verse um, verse 13. Making the word of God of none effect through the, your tradition which you have delivered and many such like things you do. That's the biggest one when we talk about all this and, and, and removing certain things and talking. It's about our tradition. 
Because we make it quick into a tradition. We make it quick into something that we want instead of what God has for us or what he means. Uh, right? I mean, no, nobody's, nobody's quicker to jump the gun and make, make Christ, your relationship with Christ, into a religion, even though we talk about it's not a religion, it's a, it's a relationship. But we're real quick at doing that. Real quick and making it into a religion. We're real quick and arguing about his birthday. We're real quick about going, well, who did he die for and who didn't he die for? Well, he died for everybody. Yeah, but how can he forgive that guy? Traditions. I mean, that's what it is. It, it comes down to all traditions. That's what happens. How were you raised? How weren't you raised? We keep those closer to us than we keep Christ to us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And there's a lot of people out there. And um, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you go to 1 Timothy 4. And the biggest thing that's happening now is in 1 Timothy 4. Good Christians are listening to doctrines of devils. And people are arguing over that. Right? I mean, John 3 is the perfect thing. How can a man be born again? Right? You're born to your mother. You can't go back. That's it. You're born. Same with the Holy Spirit. You can't go back. But people will take this and try to fill their hearts and with all this stuff. And, oh, oh, see, they're doing doctrines of devils, so they're lost. That's not what it says. You're just listening to the wrong thing. And there, there's big people. There's one guy that graduated from PBI who's on, I'm not going to mention him, but uh, who's on there. And, and this is the thing about making room, okay? What, what, it's individual. What God tells you to remove so you can have more room for him is what he's going to tell you to remove. But he's out there telling everybody, because it's Christmas time, that you are a heretic and you and graduate from PBI. It says you're a heretic if you have a Christmas tree. And then uses Jeremiah 10 to prove his point. But then leaves out that God said a tree is just a tree. It's neither evil nor good. If you ain't bowing down, it does you no harm. Now, if you don't want a Christmas tree, that's you. That's what God's putting on your heart. Do it. You should. If God tells you it's wrong, then do it. But if for somebody else it's not, then don't. Right? I mean, it's, it's that simple. God's going to tell you what to remove and what not to remove. Do you have that room for Jesus in there? Do you have it? Because that's what it's about. That's where God takes his joy. Are you going to listen and obey? Yes. Do I have certain things that all Christians must do? Yes. But are you doing, are you making that room for me with the things I'm talking to you personally? Because if you do, I can bless you. I can make it. We're going to have a good walk. And that's what it's about. Because then he can start, 
you know, he starts working in your heart, and you start going it, and you start praising Jesus more, and you start start praising God, and you start worshiping the right way, and right, and that's how we're supposed to do it. That's how we're supposed to praise it. If you turn to John four real quick. John 4 and verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. That's what he's doing. That's what he's looking for, true worship. He's looking for you. What are you willing to give up? For me. And it's the weirdest thing. Because sometimes he says, hey, nope. You can't have it and you fight for it. And then there's other times where you just say, okay, you can have it. And he says, nah, I don't need it. I don't need it. You didn't make it a big deal yet. I was just seeing if you were willing. And that's what it is. We can't look at each other for what we're supposed to do or give outside of the basic things we're supposed to do as a Christian. Right? We're all supposed to, we're all supposed to preach the gospel. We're all supposed to give a, a reason for the hope. We're all supposed to witness. We're supposed to do certain things. We're supposed to live right, holy, reasonable or service. Certain things we should all do, but then there's certain things that God says, hey, no, this is, this is you. This is where I want you to do it. Are you going to make this room for me? Are you going to? You know, and then it also brings up that whole, uh, you know, the spirits, you know, spirits that leave, they clean up, and then seven come back more, you know. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's like. It's like, what are you doing? What are you putting in here? What are you not putting in there? Because if you do make the room, you got to fill it with something. Again, the whole, the whole, whole reason of the and the whole purpose of the whole program to replace it. You're going to replace something with something. If you replace it with Jesus, you're in a better off, you know, you're in a better spot, you're in a better position. But it is. It's it's Jesus who brings us the joy. You know, because we have him there. We do it. And sometimes we lose that. We lose sight of it, especially. Like I said, I don't understand why it's this time. It's this time of the year where most Christians lose sight of it. And we have to try to remember why he came and what he did for us. Why? Because it's, it's going to bring that joy. Because if we don't, we're not going to have joy. And remember, joy is not happiness. Nobody's happy about going into stores at this time. Nobody really is. I mean, that might just be me, but, I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I dread that. I went, I went a few days ago to get my coffee and creamer so that way I could have it already, and I didn't have to go this time, you know. But, I mean, it's, it, nobody does. That, that nobody's happy, but I can go and have that joy. I can go and still have that joy. Why? Because it's Christ. He's given it to me. 
And if you have that joy, that's when, that, when, that's when you're going to sit there before you walk in and not go, oh, i got to go to the store. I don't want to go to the store. Where if you got that joy and you, rep- and you, got, them, you got the room for them, you're going to go, all right, Lord, how about you just give me an opportunity? Whatever it may be. If you want me to witness, I'll witness. If you want me just to help somebody, I'll help them. Just give me an opportunity. But if you don't have that joy, how are you going to? And that's the thing. Everybody's got to make room. We had to make room to begin with. We had to make room to get saved. We had to come to that conclusion that we were wrong. We had to say, okay, how am I going to be right? And the answer should be, I can't. But, you know, for God so loved the world, you know, so okay, all right, there's a way out. And you take it. But it shouldn't stop there. It should never stop there. And it's a shame that for some people it does. You know the 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 one thing that bothers me the most is is I haven't I can't even imagine how it is for most of you people in here. But I've only been here ten years, and the people I've seen come and go. There's like, there's been a lot in ten years, and I'm not talking about the ones that, you know, said okay I gotta. I got to move. I got to do this. The Lord wants me to do this. And they're, they're somewhere else and they're in a, in a church and all that. I'm talking about people who have just been like, I give up. I give up. How can you give up when a Savior came? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there, there's days I want to give up. There's days it's, you know, and I'm sure it's like that for most people. There's just days you, you just don't want to get out of bed. Everything's rotten. It's just, uh, you know. And then you go through the whole day and you do all this stuff and you don't think about the Lord once. And then the next morning you wake up and you're better and you go. Oh. Right? That whole thing hits you and you're like, why? Why are you so merciful to me? Well, that's because who he is. Right? And then we just and we go and we go, okay, Lord, I fell. Keep me going. Keep me going. Maybe next time it won't be so bad. But we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna. We can't we're not perfect. But that's the thing we need to think about right now is, is how much room is there for them? The room you should have should be for him. And that room should just be like overflowing with just Jesus. Because it starts overflowing, right? I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit starts overflowing. What, what do you have to do? Well, it's got to come out somewhere. It's got to come out for some other people. They're going to see it. They're going to know. That's going to help you. I mean, is that, is that, isn't that what we really want? I mean, that's, that, that's what I want. That's what I pray for. I, I pray that I don't 
forget these things. And then I pray when I, when I get really bad. I go, you know, you know, I don't know. Just get me through, Lord, because I don't want to be this way. I want to be there for you. I want all my room for you. Why? Because because everybody can say in this room, I'm pretty sure everybody in this room can say that because when you're full of Jesus, it's the best thing there is. And when you're not, it's the worst thing there is. But you want that. And that's what we got to think. Is there room? Or do we have too much knowledge? But again, I leave you with that. I'll leave you with that one question and we'll close up. Is what are you going to do now? Because this is the only time that we have that we're going to be able to tell people about his birth, about his death, about what he's done, about a God we have. Because once it's done, it's done. Once he comes back, he comes back. And there's only two places you're going, and both of you got, and everybody in either place already knows everything there is then. They already know. And there's no reason that we have to tell anybody about the birth of Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this morning, Lord. I pray that you uh, be with the morning service, Lord, and be with everybody here today, Lord. I just just pray that we just give you honor and glory, Lord, this, uh, these next two days, Lord, and just throughout our lives, but especially these next two days, Lord, uh, just fill us with boldness and your Holy Spirit, Lord, and just let us go out and tell this lost and dying world because it's the only chance they got and it's the only chance they'll have to hear of you, Lord. We just, uh, we thank you, Lord, and we just pray you come back soon. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.